following sermon is from Dr. Dan Kitnoya, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Tilton, Illinois. If you've never reached out to Calvary before, we'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, calvarytilton.com. That's calvarytilton.com. And now, here's Dr. Dan. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Kids, I know you got some plans, but stick with me for about 15, maybe 20 minutes. I was asked to give a a devotion, but as I sat down to write what I felt the Lord was leading me to say, I said, this this is more than a devotion. I have what I think is a thought the Lord would like me to share. If you have your Bibles, join me if you would in Galatians chapter 4. One of my favorite Christmas songs is Oh Holy Night. My, my favorite line says this, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I love it because it reminds us that Jesus came to save souls because souls have worth. Last year I read an article in a New York newspaper by a celebrity that most of you wouldn't know him by name, but you might have seen his face and would recognize him if you saw him. He seemed to be writing to give secular people the permission he felt they needed to not celebrate Christmas. He spoke of his experience of going to parties and other Christmas time things, but they held no meaning for him. He spoke of his choice to no longer participate in Christmas as though it were freeing, but in truth, he is impoverished by his decision. But he was already deprived because he, an unbeliever, has no clue of the worth of his soul. Deprived because he does not know God. He may live in a Manhattan high-rise, but he is poor because he does not know that, that had Christ Jesus never come, the world he lives in would not know the worth of his soul either. Maybe today you feel like that celebrity. Christmas just doesn't have much meaning to you. It's just a thing that you do because that's what you've always done. My prayer today is that you will discover and treasure the true meaning of Christmas. Our passage this morning speaks of how Christmas reveals how precious we are to God the Father. It begins by explaining the plight of mankind before Jesus appeared. Our passage is Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, but let us begin by reading verses 1 through 3. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. In Galatians 4, 1 through 3, we are given a word picture to describe the human condition throughout history before Christ came into the world to redeem us. That is, before he came to buy us back from slavery to sin. In those days, sons served as slaves during their childhood until the predetermined time set by the father when he would inherit the household and take his position over it. Until then, he was no different than a slave, excepting this one fact. He had hope because of the promise of his father. 
In verse 3, we read the words, In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Those elementary things, those elemental things of the world include sin and temptation. And the following condition of the world around us, which has been this way since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden all those years ago. Our sins are not the same as Adam's, but we have all sinned. So we also have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we also have been at odds with God, our loving Heavenly Father and Creator. All of God's children have abandoned Him in favor of sin. He had warned us, as you would expect a good father to do, that sin would bring death. But we rejected His word and pursued sin. And the human race continues to learn the same thing over and over. The sin that we think will give us freedom only brings bondage. So we also are enslaved to sin until Christ sets us free. But God the Father, foreseeing the downfall, put a plan in place to bring his wayward children home. But children tend to doubt their father knows best. We doubt the wages of sin is really death, and so we have little value for the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mankind's ability to deny reality in the face of facts is rather astonishing. If you were to study world history, you will notice that human civilization has had little value for the worth of a human soul. Since this is Christmas, a time for celebration, I will be sparing in my detailing of human history's embrace of death. But to give you a little taste, the ancient civilizations of the world were at best indifferent to the death and suffering of souls, and at worst entertained themselves with it in the gladiator games that took place in the Roman Colosseum. Some of them, like the Aztecs and Mayans, sacrificed people to please the so-called gods. The human race makes artwork out of death because the wages of sin is death. Humanity got used to death the way we get used to the sound of trains that run through Tilton every night. We became so used to it that the souls of men had little worth to us. And yet God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life because God loved us in this way the followers of Christ began to teach the world that the souls of unwanted children had worth. The followers of Christ taught the world that prisoners of war were to be treated with dignity as fellow human beings made in the image of God, even though they fought alongside your enemies. Sin and death are foreign invaders that were welcomed at the gate by Adam and Eve. But even to them, God the Father promised redemption. God's first promise to bring redemption and salvation to the world was made to Eve. Through a son born to a woman, the curse of sin would be undone. As time unfolded, sons were born. But the world still lay in sin and error pining. God then call, called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. He made a promise to him that a son would be born to him and Sarah, even though they were both well advanced in years and had not been able to have children. Time went on, and still Abraham had not been able to have children through Sarah. And then at the age of 90, Sarah gave birth to a son named Isaac. 
It was through Abraham's line that God would bring redemption to the world. And yet, as time marched on, Abraham's descendants ultimately became slaves in Egypt for 430 years. Then God miraculously delivered them, showing His power, love, and faithfulness to keep His promises. Then God made a covenant with the Israelites, the Hebrews, whose name most likely comes from a root word that means slave. They were to be God's people, and He was to be their God. He gave them just laws that they were to keep, but they were unfaithful. And the laws which, if they were to be kept, would make them righteous. But due to their inability to obey the laws, it only revealed their continued slavery to sin. The laws which were to bring life only brought death. Yet into this disappointment came King David, a man after God's own heart. Though an imperfect man, he loved God above all else. And so God promised him a son, that a son would be born to him to rule forever. God's promise to Eve ran through Abraham and Sarah, and then King David. But by the year 4 BC, the family line of David was all but gone. Little more than a stump remained of that once mighty tree. Then God made a promise to a virgin named Mary that a son would be born to her. He shall be called Emmanuel, that is, God with us. This seemed impossible. But then, as we will read in verse 4 and 5, it happened. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. At just the right time, according to the Father's plan, Jesus, the one God had promised to Eve and David, was born. He surrendered to the law of God and obeyed it perfectly as a faithful son obeying his Father. Jesus came and lived among us so that he would redeem us, that is, to buy back the children of God who had found themselves enslaved to sin by birth and by choice. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Those who put their trust in Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, are adopted into the family of God. Christ came into the world that had become so accustomed to death that it entertained itself with it. Because he appeared, souls felt their worth. Because God still loved the world, the followers of Christ then began to teach the world to the love of God. Abandoned children began to be adopted simply for the well-being of the child, something that was nearly unheard of prior to the, to the Christ being born. Orphanages and children's homes were created. Poor children were taught to read by the followers of Christ. Employers, employers were taught that they must not withhold their wages from their employees. Men were commanded to lovingly cherish their wives because they are not cattle, but they too are made in the image of God. The church, following the example of Christ, began to teach the world the value of souls. And that fathers then are to lovingly provide for their children and teach them to follow Christ. Because Jesus came into the world and the human soul felt its worth, hospitals were built to care for the infirm. Soul care, or what we call counseling today, was greatly advanced and developed to treat those who suffer from depression and other mental illnesses. Why? 
because suffering souls matter to Jesus, therefore they matter to us. The gladiator games were brought to an end because when Christ appeared, the soul felt his worth. Legalized slavery was ended in the Western world because the gospel taught us that human beings have great worth and are to be treated with dignity, not as slaves, not as cattle. None of these wonderful changes happened quickly, nor has it gone smoothly, and there is still work to do. But the arrival of Christ drove the world to embrace the value of the human soul. It was not the philosophy of, of Plato and Socrates that showed the value of the soul, nor did the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, teach us this. It was not the idolatry of the pagan religion of the Mayans and Aztecs that taught us this. Neither was it the economic theories of Karl Marx and Engels, nor the critical theories of his, his disciples. Rather, it was Christ. Secular scholars did not come up with it either. They plagiarized Christ, but don't give him... They steal his ideas, but refuse to attribute the source, which is Christ. It was the birth of Christ that taught us these things. Thus, at Christmas, we sing the words, Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother. Today, December 25th, the year of our Lord, 2022, the world has been changed and is being changed because he appeared and the souls of men, women, and children felt their worth. Your soul has worth. And so I say Merry Christmas. And thank you, Father God, for sending Jesus to love us and to die on the cross in our place to pay our sins and to rise again the third day. Thank you, Father, for making it possible for us, your children who willingly abandon you to become slaves of sin, to be redeemed, brought back, and reconciled to you. And we thank you for the enduring hope that we have because we are your sons and daughters, as we read in verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. When a person receives God's Son as their Lord and Savior, they also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The permanent seal of our King Jesus cannot be removed or remote, revoked. It is our birthright. It means that we are adopted into God's forever family. And King Jesus is our brother. Because he appeared to redeem us at the cost of his shed blood, every soul has worth, and your soul has worth. And those who are children of God know a privilege that was unknown before he appeared. Thus it says in verse 7, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and of a son, then an heir through God. Christian, through faith in Jesus, you are no longer a slave of sin. You are a son or a daughter of the King. Even if and when you fail God, the Holy Spirit in you is calling you to repent and come home to Him this Christmas. And today, perhaps you are celebrating Christmas with us, but you are unsure if it really means all that much to you. My hope and prayer is that today you will understand that Christ coming into the world did 
what could not be done in human intelligence. The religions of the world, the philosophies of the world, the warriors of the world did not teach us the value of the human soul. We only know these things in the Western world because Christ Jesus came in the fullness of time. That is why he came, because souls matter to God. And that is why even now he is calling you to come to him for salvation, that you too might be adopted into God's forever family. This morning, before we sing one last Christmas song, I want to present to you an opportunity. If you have never called on Jesus for salvation, I hope that today, because of Christmas, you understand that in God sending his Son into the world, it proclaimed that you have great worth. This was something that the human race had long since forgotten, but he appeared. This morning, if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to be brought back into reconciliation with God, I'm going to lead us in a very simple prayer. And if you want to call on Jesus for salvation, I invite you to join us. If everyone would bow their head and close their eyes, join me in prayer if you'd like to call on Jesus for salvation. Father God, I confess that I'm a sinner. I have broken your word, your laws, perhaps in ways I don't fully understand but I know that I'm far from you because of it. Today, this Christmas, I turn from sin and turn to Jesus in faith and to follow him as a disciple. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place and rising again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Dr. Dan Kitnoya, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Tilton, Illinois. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website, calvarytilton.com. That's calvarytilton.com. Thank you for listening.